in some quiet time that I'd had, Lord, give me some affirmations that will help me in the morning. And I just had to read one of those. And sometimes I had to put it on a card or put it in my planner and on my visor for my car, because I drove a lot around from place to place and just places where I would see it throughout the day, because the enemy can speak one thing to you that is negative, but it's going to take seven or eight things positive to cancel out that negative thing. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. My guest today is the author of the best-selling book, Destiny After Divorce. As a certified divorce recovery coach, her passion is to help those who have gone through the pain of divorce find the healing journey that puts them in a position to thrive in their after-divorce future. She has two married daughters, six grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren, and lives in northern Colorado, where she enjoys outdoor activities she also enjoys traveling and beach time. I am pleased to present Corey Sullivan. Corey, are you ready to share your story of hope? I am, Tamara, and I just want to thank you for having me on today. Um, and I want to thank you that you do this podcast to create hope for people in all kinds of situations. So oh, it is an honor to be on your podcast. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It's, it's, it's a labor of love for sure. <laughs> yes, it would have to be. <laughs> well, let's start off and break the ice here a little bit with a fun story about you going to help someone with an inner healing journey and a snake being involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm involved in a inner healing uh, ministry here in Northern Colorado, and we went to Paraguay on a missions trip to teach that ministry to a church that um, our church helps support. And um, so we're, it's, you know, we're, their church is an outdoor church as a lot of them are down there because it's nice down there all the time, most of the time. And, um, but there was a platform that had a, you know, covering and everything on the platform we were faced, we were in this tent, they'd made up these rows of tents. So there were 10 of us on this trip, but, um, and we were doing these sessions in these tents. One side was completely open, but the back and the sides were closed because we had neighbors and people behind us. Well, I'm in the middle of, of this healing session. And um, there's a part where, you know, they pray and, so we were just getting to that part and I look up behind her coming across the platform and back down into the grass is this snake. <laughs> and I'm going like, okay, I am a tomboy. Um, I might do the nails and all the glitz and stuff, but I at heart am a tomboy. So I've dealt with my snakes before. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I, uh, and I looked at my interpreter and my guest, and I just said, great time for them to be praying. And so I said, so, you know, led her to get started in her prayer, and she started in, and 
my interpreter is interpreting what she's saying and everything. And I'm pick up a water bottle. I think, I don't even know what kind of snake I'm in a different country (laughs) what the snake is. But as I watched it, it, it was like sensing things. So later to come out to find out they don't have very good vision, but they sense things with their nose and they're not poisonous, which was good to know. Would have been better to know before, but yeah, and that was the case. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do here, but you're going to have to help me. So I picked up my water bottle and as is, I mean, it's making a beeline for my guest. Oh. And uh, so I put my water bottle down in front of it. So its nose bumps the water bottle and it starts to go off a little ways and it starts to correct to come back and then put it down again and it goes off. Well, at this point, they're they are, they're done with the prayer and everything, and they're opening their eyes and they're looking. And they're oh, and they're <laughs> <laughs> and they jump up on their chairs and um, and then some of the people who were there came around to help, and they just got a shovel and took it over to another part of the grass, and it was a harmless snake, and it was really only probably maybe fourteen inches long, oh. and. Uh, it was, but you know, I have to say it was probably my only snake experience out like that (laughs) with an actual in the grass snake. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad you all survived the snake experience. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, it was momentous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that. It, it kind of helps us all laugh a little bit and realize that life doesn't always play out how we think it will. And I think that's probably also symbolic of your journey, right, Corey? And so why don't you take us back to what you thought your life was going to look like and how it kind of didn't turn out the way you thought? Well, you know, I remember, actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I remember in high school, sitting with my girlfriends in study hall, and we were all going to be married and have these families and just be these amazing moms. And, um, you know, we just, we were laying it all out there. You know, I wanted a boy and a girl. And then, you know, and I wanted um, four kids and, you know, we, and everybody just kind of went through their thing and um, what they felt their life looked like. And it was going to look like, because we were seniors in high school and we had it all together, right? Absolutely. I remember feeling that way when I was a senior in high school. (laughs) Exactly. And we're just thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be great. Fast forward, found uh, shortly after I graduated, um, found my, found the man that I married, my, my husband, my first husband, you know, fell in love and had we had two amazing kids and after 10 years of marriage we filed for divorce we actually came to an agreement that we that you know we were not working and um and he wanted to go be more of a permit kind of person and I was in banking at that time and I loved being out with the people and doing things and so we went our separate ways co-parented it was a good co-parent. And um, so we did did that. And I just got right back out there and started dating and going out and doing fun things and met another man. 
And I just, I just thought he was great because he loved to do these out. He was, uh, he enjoyed playing golf and he enjoyed being out with the people and, you know, doing all the things that I enjoyed doing. So we started dating and probably about a year and a half later, we married. And then he was abusive to my girls. Mm. And that was the end of that. But I look back on it, it was a rebound marriage. And it was a marriage based totally upon the fact that I had not gone through any healing that from the wounds that had, you know, that my heart had incurred during my marriage and through the divorce process, even though it was fairly amicable, there were still wounds. Plus, growing up, nobody grows up in Leave it to Beaver land except for Leave it to Beaver. And it's only on TV and it's on, and people probably don't even know who that is anymore. But I know who it is. <laughs> so there we go. So there were wounds and I can, I did not learn in a healthy manner. Uh, I learned a lot of unhealthy things. So I needed to find that healing within myself from those things, as well as, um, the things that went on in my marriage that were so hurtful to my heart. But I didn't know that then. Mm. So I stayed single for a while and I married the man that I thought I'd be married to forever. And after nine years of marriage, we were divorced as well. So then I realized I needed, there was something that needed to be changed. And that was, I really and truly needed the inner healing. I needed to let go of all of that because what I had done was bring in not only the wounds from my early years, but the wounds from my past marriages into this marriage, as did he. And expectations and, you know, those kinds of things were so not what reality really and truly was. And we would base those expectations on wounds. And Mm -hmm. we also, so what I've learned is two broken people attract each other. You know, it's not like on the Disney movie where, old time elephant back in those days um, that says, oh, she completes me. No, you do not complete each other. You can't, you have to come together as a whole person in order to attract a whole person. You have to be a whole and healed person. And we're not ever a hundred percent healed this side of heaven, but we can be the best that we can be. And so that's what I want people to know is that it is a process of healing don't go right back out there and do what the world says to get back on the horse. Um, and, you know, and all things will be fine because it's not that. We have wounds. They had wounds. And we came together and those wounds made us attractive to each other, but it also did not make a good foundation for a good marriage. So how did you end up figuring out that you needed to heal what what did that process look like for you did you just finally hit like a rock bottom and yeah but all on god but talk, kind of talk me through that journey well i did get to a bottom um a rock bottom that um i just said what am i doing wrong because obviously in my life the common denominator was me mm. i had read a book about the law of attraction and there are some things that are faith-based in that book, but it's not really a faith-based book. Mm -hmm. If you look at it from a context of faith, you can spot 
you know, things in there in that book. But it basically led me to really realizing that I was attracting what I was putting out there and not knowing or realizing that I had all these wounds from my early years. And then through the marriages and all that rejection, I was a chocolate mess. <laughs> and this is not what I wanted for my life. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what anticipated my future to look like when we were sitting there in study hall in my senior year going, oh, I'm, I'm going to be this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to go to school and learn this and blah, 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 blah. Um, no, <laughs> I wanted to be a flight attendant. That's what I wanted to be. And I wanted to be the best mom I could possibly be. And I really wanted to have that secure marriage. Marriages always work. Marriage is always coming together. You're never always on the same page. But there's still that baseline, that foundation. And um, I came to know the Lord when I was eight years old. But when I was 18, I saw some things in a couple of the deacons of our church and I was going to a church that was very uh, fundamental and I just thought I am never gonna ever measure up to all the rules that I've got to follow so I'm just going to be the best person I can be and um, still you know had my relationship with the Lord but just didn't go to church anymore mm -hmm. did take the girls when they were little to um, Sunday school and things like that and participated there, but that was pretty much the extent. But when I was in my mid-40s, I did come back to the Lord and um, have been walking with him ever since. It has been the best journey. Yeah. So in your walk with the Lord, is that when you discovered the true healing that you were seeking for? Was Did you have a mentor? Talk me through that. So I read the book and I started going to um, church and found a church that was truly Bible-based, but also talked about relationship, which I had never learned about relationship with Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So I started to develop those relationships, you know, with the Godhead. And through that, I realized that I had some wrong beliefs about who Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were based upon my early teachings. But I started that healing process of really getting down to the truth and, you know, renouncing the lies and the pain and all of these things and inviting Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit into the places that needed the healing. Mm. Jeremiah 29, 11 became my mantra at that point. So, you know, and that is... Um, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to for good and not for disaster. And depending on which, you know, can be for evil or for bad, um, to give you future and a hope. And that's what I needed, future and a hope. And that became my mantra. So as I went through that healing process, I realized there were areas that some places I just needed to go back to basics about who Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were, and the part that they played in my walk with Father God. Mm. And then from that, the healing started to happen. So in my book, 
that's how I start people back on their healing process after their divorce is to develop that relationship. And I thought I had an okay relationship. I prayed and, you know, and I believed and all of that, but there is so much more. And since then there it's become so rich in um, our time, the quiet time. I crave that quiet time sometimes. And when I do that, I know that I've been pushing myself through kind of a desert maybe. Mm. So, so I did get a coach towards um, the middle of my process because I found that I needed someone to keep me accountable. I had my little support group of friends Mm -hmm. um, and I recommend that everybody have that support group of friends that will, they won't um, tell you something unless it's true. You know, it's like when you try on a new outfit and you kind of are not so sure if it really looks good and you, does this really look good on you? Uh And they go, yeah, it looks great. And then you turn around and one person says, you know, really, I wouldn't wear that. (laughs) You know, and that's the person you want. That's the person that's going to give you the truth. Mm -hmm. And so I had a few of those friends as well as a couple of family members, but then I needed I needed a, a professional that would intentionally hold my feet to the fire to get through where I wanted to get through because um, as good as my friends and my support group were, family members, I still, they still sometimes did not hold my feet to the fire. And they didn't really have the training to help me see further. And that person, that coach was had been where I was, had been through a divorce, had understood where I was at in my, you know, in how I was feeling and my emotions and all of those things. And so it was, it was really key to my healing and being able to move forward to where I am today. Wow. I love that you are willing to share this story because one of the things that you said, and I can't remember exactly how you phrased it, but you you said something like, um, you figured out that you weren't the only one that right. had walked that. And I think that is one of the adversary's best tactics when we're feeling down and out is to kind of isolate us and mm-hmm. make us feel like you are the only one feeling this right now. Nobody else gets it. Nobody else understands. Mm-hmm. When that is an absolute lie. And I love that you, you said that you kind of learned to kick out all the lies, but I love that you surrounded yourself with a support group that you were able to tap into the power of God for that healing. And so it seems that part of that healing journey is not only inviting God in to help and heal, but inviting people in to surround you that were meant to be together on this walk in life or not meant to do it alone. And, um, and also sometimes we need specialists that will, will help us as we're trying to make progress Mm -hmm. because we do, we need people around us, not only just for support, but we also need people who encourage us to take those hard steps. Like, I don't know that I want to do that. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. That is, that is powerful though. And, and I love, I love that that's applicable to any of us, right? That it is that we need, we need other people. We do. We really were 
God designed us for relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's, let's just think about that. The God of the universe who could do and have anything and everything that he absolutely wanted designed us for relationship, you know, with him and with others. Yeah. And we are in that walk of relationship is where we grow. Why isn't that the truth? Because we need to learn how to relate to others and get mm-hmm. along with them. And yeah, we all get a little broken on our journey and that's why we have to come back to God. And um, I also love another thing that you talked about and that was kind of your quiet time with God. Yes. And that's kind of how you were able to nurture your relationship. And yeah. that's something I've found that I crave too. Like I need that. My life is stressful and crazy enough that I need those quiet moments where I have that connection with God, you know? So I was just going to ask you, what do you find yourself doing in your quiet time with God? Well, you know, it sometimes varies, but typically my starting point is I just know that I need that quiet time. And I try to have some quiet time every single morning anyway, just to get my day started. Um, cause I can't start it any other way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to, um, sometimes I read a little bit of scripture sometimes to get started. Um, uh, sometimes I just put on some praise and worship music. I have mm, like five or six different songs, you know, that speak to me in the words and the melody and everything. I, um, I really do enjoy music. It does move me. I love to country dance and I love to do all things music. Even some of the classical stuff, mm-hmm. I enjoy it just as, just as much. So I, but I find that that's where I start, you know, talking with him, praying, you know, praying is talking with Father God. It's nothing more, nothing less. Um, it's actually a communication throughout the day. And it's, uh, Lord, thank you for this new day. What do you want to do today? I want to do what you want to do today. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to get hung up and stuck in my own agenda, which I do. And uh, you know, so help me stay out of my agenda. I want to be in your agenda. And um, you know, and if there's some things that are really and truly bothering me, and say, Lord, I just give this to you because I don't know what to do about this particular situation, or this situation hurts my heart or this situation is causing me confusion or the lack of clarity that I'm needing for my day. So show me what it is that you have for me in this situation. And sometimes he shows you or me right away. And sometimes it's later in the day and sometimes it's a month later. (laughs) So, you know, um, it just depends. So it just kind of depends on, Lord, what do you want to do today? That is beautiful. I love that you involve him in that decision every day, mm-hmm. that you kind of give him the stuff that you're having a hard time with. I know that I've, I've had so many prayers and you're right. It is almost on a daily basis. I'm worried about this. I'm concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the answers come, you know, just little thoughts. And like you said, sometimes they're quick and mm-hmm. sometimes you just kind of got to wait for his timetable <laughs> for everything to fall into place. I've, but isn't it true though, that when you give it to God, that 
it's almost like you're giving him permission to start moving the chess pieces around, <laughs> you know, in life. Yes. Say, yes. okay, we're going to start working on this problem. And he probably yes. has even way before we asked, but yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't force himself on us. You know, no. we have to ask. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then you look back at the end of your day and you go, wow, I didn't expect that to happen <laughs> or that to work out that way. And, but I'm glad that it did. And it's pretty exciting that the God of the universe thought of me enough that he worked that out for me today. Mm. So at the end of your day, do you kind of just ponder how -hmm. you've seen God's hand in your life then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't do it all the time, but I try to journal. Um, I started this early on in my, my healing walk. And that was to journal things that were things I wanted to celebrate for that day. There are days and they happen for all of us where we have to really look for the one thing that we can celebrate that day, you know, right. And, (laughs) and that's okay. You know, because then we in, in all of that chaos and all of that mess, there was this one thing that we could celebrate. Mm -hmm. And so I try to make a list of those because when I'm feeling like there is no hope and there is no way to move forward and there is no answer coming and you know and all the things and maybe even you know feeling a little depressed about the whole situation mm-hmm. I can go back to my journal and say okay well uh, and I put the dates um, on January 12th he responded to this you know I prayed about this and he responded with this and um, or on July 4th, you know, this happened, even though I didn't expect this, I knew it was a celebration of um, our country and everything, but even more, he showed me his more grand plan of whatever, you know, or I came to a crossroads and I didn't know which way to go. And on April 3rd, the Lord led me down this path and it's been a great path. I was just thinking as you were saying that kind of back to the beginning of our conversation where you talked about the law of attraction and Mm -hmm. how here you are a different person at this point Mm -hmm. and you're giving out goodness and you're giving out hope and, and you're, you're looking for good. And, and so it's almost like you're attracting that also into your life that you're starting to probably see it. Do you think you see it more easily now than you did when you started? I do. I do. I mean, I've always been a pretty optimistic person anyway, maybe to a fault in some areas, but, um, but it has given me a different pair of eyes to see things, Mm. you know, because let's face it, there are ugly things going on in our world all the time, each and every single day. And if that's what we focus on, then, you know, that's going to drag us down and will attract probably more darkness into our lives, you know, because we're focusing on what the enemy is doing at that point. Mm-hmm. But if we're focusing on what Father God's doing and all the light that he brings, because darkness can't hide from the light. Yes. And so if we focus on the light and we focus on not only for us and our lives, but for other people, then we do bring them hope and we do help them see the world with a different pair of eyes. Mm. That is so beautiful. I, I really like that you were so intentional about looking for it and that it has transformed you personally. 
What do you wish you could tell people who are starting on a journey where they're going through a divorce right now? What do you wish you could tell them to give them hope? Well, my first thing is I would tell them they are not alone. That their journey, even though it was their journey, and there are characteristics and things that happened on their journey that would be different from mine or from anyone else's I've ever worked with, they're still rooted in typically fear. They're rooted in rejection and sometimes rooted in hatred. They're all hurtful things that happen in our hearts. And we really need to treat our heart as a garden. We need to pull out all of those weeds of hurt and anger and rejection and shame and guilt and all these things because then the flowers in our heart can't grow because they're being choked out. To let them know that they're at a crossroads because they are able to go now to a new life of um, and it may not been the life that they chose, you know, a lot of times people go through divorce and it wasn't their wish or their will that that happened, but that is what happened. So this is where you are. So first of all, you have to be realistic about where you are and start right there. That's what I had to do. I had to be realistic about, I was the common denominator between these people. What were the things that each and every one of these men had characteristics? Obviously I have those too because I attracted them to, or they were attracted to me and I was attracted to them. Mm -hmm. Needed to get rid of that. And you have to be intentional. You mentioned intentional. Um, in being intentional is the absolute key to success for anything that you do. You can't just go wandering back out into the world and say, okay, well, that chapters closed i'm opening a new chapter in my book of my life and i'm just going to go on this walkabout you know it doesn't work that way mm -hmm. you really and truly have to be intentional because otherwise you are truly a prime target for the enemy because as long as you are not focusing on what it is that would benefit you in your life He's going to mess with you in areas that are not going to benefit you in your life. Hmm. So maybe like setting goals, setting goals, setting goals, have a vision. Um, I have a program that you go through and at the, it's a 90 day program. And once you go through it, um, you really should have most everybody does have a clarity of where they want to go. Um, I am a certified divorce recovery coach, which involves, I've had certified uh, training and um, instruction in life coaching. And I've just adapted it to utilizing the inner healing tools that I have and adapted it to divorce recovery healing because again, people don't talk about you need healing after your divorce. They talk about going back out there and finding another person and getting involved and getting married again and life will be awesome. And no, it's not, <laughs> mm. you know, so being intentional about your next steps, setting goals, set small goals. Maybe, you know, I know I had to set some very small goals when I very first started. I needed to set a goal of not speaking bad about my former spouse mm. because really they, God loved them just as much as he loved me. But 
you know, so not to tear down other people because it did not make me be any bigger, mm. you know, any better. That's a really good tip. I love that. Yeah. And then the next one was, um, you know, some days it was just challenging to get up. I, I pretty much have been an entrepreneur most of my adult life. And so you have to get out of bed and you have to do things each and every single day. Um, but there were days that I did not want to get out of bed and did not want to put myself out there and did not want to, um, you know, act like life was all hunky-dory and all of that. And I had things going on because I so did not. Mm. <laughs> so I had to set the goal of accomplishing at least one thing in the morning before I left, um, whether it was even just, you know, making myself um, look okay to go out the door, you know, making sure my clothes matched and all of that kind of thing. Or, um, cause you know, I mean, when you're not, when you're depressed and when you're not feeling like you're, that you have very little value, it doesn't, you know, that can be a big stumbling block. Hmm. So, and I had to read my, read to myself at least one affirmation or declaration over my life. And I had a book of those. I had a Patricia King book of declarations. And I had written down some things for myself that in some quiet time that I'd had, Lord, give me some affirmations that will help me in the morning. And I just had to read one of those. And sometimes I had to put it on a card or put it in my planner and on my visor for my car, because I drove a lot around from place to place and just places where I would see it throughout the day because the enemy can speak one thing to you that is negative, but it's going to take seven or eight things positive to cancel out that negative thing. So I wanted to have that one positive thing so that I would not give the enemy foothold in my day. And there were, and I got to a place to where, okay, I see what you're doing here, enemy, and your little assignment's over. You're out. And um, so, and then be able to move forward. Then as things progressed, then, you know, then I didn't maybe need those things each and every day, but maybe um, every couple of days I needed a goal of, of doing something. Maybe I need the goal of cleaning out an old box that I had avoided cleaning out because it had memories in it. Um, maybe, you know, going to a restaurant that I avoided, not because the food was horrible, but because it had memories that made me sad. And I would grab a friend and say, hey, let's go have lunch at blah, blah, blah. And, you know, things like that. So, you know, and just progress. Hmm. So instead of letting these old memories keep you bound, mm -hmm. you chose to break them with new progression and new memories. I love that you invited somebody to go with you because sometimes, well, we kind of talked about this earlier. It's mm -hmm. so much easier to not do it alone, right? right? Right. Let's go make a fun new memory at that restaurant mm -hmm. so that I can keep moving forward and I'm not avoiding right. it. Right? right. It's kind of like what you had to do with your life though. You kind of had to go and unpack those inner boxes in your life and say, yeah. okay, we're going to get rid of everything that is holding me back and unpack it, lay it all out for God to come in and heal and keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because the reality is 
if we are in motion and move, you know, we're by definition moving forward, if we become stagnant and just stay in the same place, whether that's physical or emotionally or even spiritually, um, we don't grow. And then, you know, and then things remain the same. If you really want change in your life, you're going to have to be intentional about making it happen. Mm. That's really what has to, that's really how we do it. There's a reason in our car that the rear view mirror is only about this big and we've got this windshield because we're looking forward. We want to see everything we possibly can see and have a good vision point. We don't want to be looking in the rear view mirror all the time. That is a really good analogy to help us remember which way we should be facing and which Mm -hmm. way we should be focusing, right? Right. And I think, I think you learned that God helps you open up to that bigger Granda Vista. He does. And, and to quit focusing on the rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The rearview mirror is not where you're going. <laughs> That's where you've been. So the, the windshield is where you're going. And he wants to show you new things. And you can't look at new things if you're still looking in the rearview mirror. You're, you're, you're focused here rather than here. Yeah. So take the time to heal Mm -hmm. from all the stuff in your past so you can have the momentum to move forward to a glorious future. Right. Yes. You know, and I have to say that even though it was painful and ugly and it was, it was a few decades, it was about three decades of that. um, I am so much more pleased with my life now and I'm more at peace and I have awesome friends that I can just go to and say, you know, I am blessed beyond measure, but today I'm having this feeling of sadness or, you know, or something like that. And they come right, and I mean, they don't hesitate. They come right alongside and say, okay, then we're going to whatever it is that's going to get me past that. Or even just pray, pray with me on the phone. Um, I've got a girlfriend that I was at a conference she and I, you know, sometimes we go for a month or so without seeing each other, but we're on the phone at least once a week or so with each other um, because she lives about 45 minutes away from where I live. So anyway, I was in Washington, D.C. at a at an event and I happened to be in an elevator going from my room down to the event. And she called and she says, I just need prayer for something. And so I said, great, let's do it. And she goes, where are you? And I said, I'm in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I'm so sorry. Are you in the event? No, I'm in the elevator going to the event. So let's let's do this, you know. And it turned her day around. And likewise, I've done the same thing to her. I just need you to pray for me today um, because I am at this place on this particular whatever. And um, she does. And I feel I, you know, you just feel the rush of the Holy Spirit coming mm-hmm. when that happens and the peace that comes with all of that. Yeah. So don't forget the power of prayer Mm-mm. and of inviting people to pray with you. I think you've also brought up a really good point here is that it is important and also good to be raw and vulnerable with people mm-hmm. you trust because then you have, um, real relationships, right? It's right. not sugar-coated. 
it is, this is the real me. This is how I'm doing today because we all have, you know, life ebbs and flows and we have some mm-hmm. ups and downs, but it's important to be real. So find people you can be real with, right? Yes. Yes. And the first person you have to be real with is yourself. Mm. Because you know what? We lie to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We put on this persona sometimes that, um, oh, yeah, things are great. I got all my ducks in a row. And I am walking on sunshine, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and when in fact, you know, really in your heart, maybe you're sad, maybe you feel rejected, maybe you're feeling shame, maybe you're feeling, maybe you have some depression going on, maybe, um, you know, some, somebody said something to you that was really hurtful, and you're just trying to get past that, you know, like, really, is that how they see me, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that, um, or, you know, and when you're coming out of a divorce situation, there's a lot of that that goes on, and you really have to be intentional about being real about what that is and identify what that is and then put it in the place that it belongs to be hmm. put in. Yeah. Encounter it with the truth, right? Encounter it with the truth. Anytime you renounce something or get rid of something that is a lie or a very hurtful situation, you need to refill that place with God's truth with a positive affirmation, um, whatever it is, because you want to fill that void. Otherwise that comes back in and expands. Yeah. I I think you're right. I've seen that principle hold true in my own life Mm -hmm. that I need to sometimes remove stuff, but you're right. You then I, I, I've gotten to the point where if I am trying to remove something from my life, I just say, I invite God to be with me on that journey, but then I say, help me take this out, but then replace it with your light, replace it with your truth, you know? Um, and, and I love the positive affirmations you talked about. That was such a good, good tip. Our, our self-talk needs to be uplifting, needs to be honoring to ourselves. We talk to ourselves probably worse than anybody we've ever talked to in our (laughs) lives. You know, I mean, we, I am, I, at least for me, I'm just saying, because I know I have said things to myself that I would never say to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, and um, why would I do that to myself? Mm-hmm. Why, why would I do that to myself? Yeah. But I did. And I still find myself every now and then going, oh, Corey, that was probably one of the dumbest things you've ever in your life done. <laughs> and then wait, no, no, I've actually done dumber. But, uh, <laughs> But it really was, you know, not that bad. And so, Lord, give me knowledge to do better next time or willingness <laughs> to do better next time. And I break off what I just said over myself. Yeah. Um, and I invite you to show me um, what you have to say about who I am. You know what? If you can't have a good vision about yourself, nobody else is going to. Mm. So partner with Father God, there are a lot of times during the day, okay, Lord, how do you see this situation? Or how do you see me in this situation? And sometimes that's how I start my day. If I've had like maybe a rest, a night of not good rest, and um, I was very restless in my sleep, and it maybe had a dream or two that were kind of disconcerting. Lord, how do you see me? And he will tell you. Mm. 
you know, I, I see you as well able, I see you as capable, I see you as beautiful, I see you as um, sharing and giving and loving, you know, whatever it is. And um, so. I love that. Ask God how he sees you. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And I, and I have asked him before, and it's amazing his vision for us, right? Yeah, right. Um, but sometimes we need to find those moments of stillness when we are communicating with them so that we can have those conversations. So I think it's important. I think one of the biggest takeaways I'm hearing from you is, is it's important to have that relationship. Oh, it's key to everything. Yeah. Really. It's like oxygen. I have to have it in order to survive. Wow. Well, this has been amazing, Corey. Before we go, would you mind sharing with us um, where we can find more information on you and connect with you, where we can buy your book, all of that? Okay. Well, on my website, you can buy my book. Um, My website is www.coreycoreesullivan.com. My book is on there. You can actually reach me through there. Or you can just email me at info at CoreySullivan.com. And um, I would like to offer your listeners a complimentary consultation because I know a lot of times, you know, they're either listening now or they'll be listening later. And um, we all have questions. I know I do. And it really and truly is my heart to help them find answers and clarity to some of the questions that they have. So if you have um you know, it's usually I, I set aside about 30 minutes and we just talk about one something and um, we can hopefully provide you clarity and be able to move forward in getting breakthrough or getting past something that's keeping you stuck. Mm. Well, wow. What a generous offer. Thank you so much. I'll be sure to include all of this in today's show notes so that you can more easily find Corey and tap into her and ask her those questions that you have. Maybe you are stuck. So be sure to reach out to Corey and get your questions answered. Get her book, Destiny After Divorce. It's Mm -hmm. available on your website. Is it also on Amazon, Corey? It is on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We'll put links to that also on the website and, and be sure to grab that free consult. That's so generous. Thank you so much. All right, Corey. Well, this has been so incredible. Thank you so much for taking time to not only share your story, but to give us hope that when we are in the deepest and darkest of times, that we're never alone and that we can have uh, God with us wherever we are, that we can reach out and invite others to help us in our healing journey because we were never meant to walk alone. No, we were not. And thank you, Tamara, for doing this, because I think one of the things that is so important right now in our world and in our times is to have hope, because without hope, we are lost. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. 
You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.